Welcome to the Denver United Church Sermon of the Week. Here's a message from Pastor George Towers. Are y'all doing well? Yeah? Hey, as uh, Pastor Neil and Lindsay mentioned earlier, uh, today marks the end of our 21 days of awakening. Uh, it's the way that we start every single year, 21 days of prayer and fasting and consecration. So as Rob just said, thank you uh, to everyone who has participated in that. Man, I trust uh, and believe that you've encountered God in a really, really fresh way these past 21 days. And uh, we are going to put an exclamation point uh, on this time, put a cap on it with our worship night that we're having tonight. It's going to be at six o'clock right here in the auditorium. And I can't think after 21 days of really seeking God intentionally, can't think of a better way to cap that time off uh, than by just coming together and lifting Jesus up together. So I'm looking forward to worshiping with you. Hopefully uh, you'll, you'll be able to make it back at six o'clock uh, and it'll be streamed online as well. And uh, parallel to our awakening time, we've been going through a series on Sunday mornings uh, that's called the 23rd Psalm, teaching through this famous Psalm of David, kind of verse by verse and just picking out what we sense uh, God is saying to us, especially at the beginning of the year where we're centering ourselves and really seeking God in a fresh way at the beginning of the year. So we're going to continue uh, that series today, go into the next verse. And uh, man, I am super excited about what God's going to do today. Um, so I want to read this verse to you. Actually, you can't just read the one verse. Let's just read the whole psalm. Is that cool with you guys? If it is, it's just really good. We got to just read it all. So if you have a Bible, get it out and turn to Psalm 23 and we'll read all of the verses again because it's good it says this the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength he guides me along right paths bringing honor to his name and even when I walk through the darkest valley I will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and staff protect and comfort me you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's good. Can we just say amen right there? Like, that is really, really good. So today, uh, we're going to zoom in on verse 4 for the time that we have together. So I want to read you verse 4 one more time. It says this, Even when I walk through the darkest valley... I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Uh, so today, uh, I want to talk to us about valleys. It's exciting, right? Uh, valleys, those difficult, challenging seasons that we walk through in our lives. If you're older than an hour or so, if you've been alive for longer than that, you know that life has a way of throwing you really difficult, challenging, trouble-filled situations. So what I want to do today is talk about those valleys, maybe how God is calling us to see them, and how we are called to maybe experience God in the middle of those valleys. Now, I have to ask you a question before we dive in. Do you have an expectation to hear from God today? If you do, can you put your hands together right there? If you're expecting God to speak to you today, because spoiler alert, I have me, I have nothing to offer you today. My thoughts, my opinions, my theories are going to do nothing for you, but I believe with all of my heart when we approach God's word with faith and with expectation, the Holy Spirit will illuminate it in our hearts and he will speak to us and he will, lead, he will cause you to leave this place different and changed and encouraged. So I'm believing God's going to speak to me today, even though I'm the one talking to, to y'all. So I'm excited. Uh, I don't have a title for this message. If I did, just call it Valleys. 
valleys. Uh, Would you pray with me before we dive in to the word this morning? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Amen. Um, Back in 2019, I had the opportunity to go to Spain for the first time. Uh, more specifically to Barcelona. Uh, My wife and I went, uh, her cousin was getting married there, uh, and because their family is like this, like this, like not going is not an option. You have to go. So we had to like drive for Uber for a long time to make extra cash to afford to go, but we got there, and uh, if you've never been to Barcelona before, it is absolutely amazing. The people, uh, the culture, the art, the history, the architecture, just a beautiful place. And while we were there, we got to see this famous uh, basilica that's called La Sagrada Familia. You like my Spanish? That was good, right? La Sagrada Familia. If you've never, like, I'm, I'm very rarely without words, but this place is just absolutely stunning. They started building it in 1882, and they're still building it. They're, they're projected to be done in like five years or so. Uh, but, but it's absolutely crazy. So we got the opportunity to go there, and the detail and just the vastness of the whole thing is just leaves you speechless. So as you would imagine, a place like this uh, is a tourist center. A lot of people are there. It's packed. And where there are tourists, there are vendors, right? There's people selling stuff, cups, magnets, shirts, whatever it is, right? So it's, it's, it's packed. We come out and we see some of these vendors. And off to the side, uh, we see this guy kind of standing by himself. And he's standing by this like half wall. And next to the half wall, there's a boom box on the ground. And next to the boom box, there are these two little like paper puppet cutouts of like SpongeBob and like Nickelodeon characters. And there's music playing and they're dancing to the music next to the wall by themselves kind of like they're just kind of doing this right here it's hard to explain I got a video of it just so you can believe me it's like so so we're walking out we see these guys kind of like doing their thing and we're like we have to go see this like it's like Moses in the burning bush like I had to go check it out because it looks like witchcraft from where I'm standing so we go over and we we ask the dude like what is this like how is this happening and he's like well there's these magnets that are on the back and the way the magnets interact with the sound waves from the speaker it causes them to do their thing so he would turn the music off and when he would turn the boom box off they would fall over and then we turn it back on like weekend at bernie's or something they would just stand back up and start dancing and we were like this is science in real life we have to own these how much are they our two sons are going to love these so we spend like 30 bucks we pay the man we bag it up we go home and we, once we get back to the place, we're super excited to bust these things out. Like, we got to see this. So we open them up. We unpackage them. We set them next. To, <laughs> it cracks me up thinking about this. Like we, we set them next to the wall. We put a speaker next to it. Turned it on. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So we're like, all right, maybe SpongeBob doesn't like Drake or whatever. We got to switch the song, figure it out. So we, <laughs> when we, look, we look at the, the pieces and we're like, there's no magnets on these check the bag can we see there's no let's try it again put it up there it just sat there like cardboard tends to do right (laughs) like and, and then there's that slow creeping realization that comes upon you like a storm cloud of like I think I got scammed so I did what any person does in these days when we're looking for accurate information I go to Google And I type in La Sagrada Familia Spongebob scam or something like that. And lo and behold, boom. Like this has been going on for 15 years. People, I'm reading articles of people telling me my story. Where they bought it, they go home, and here's what they do. It's apparently 
it's fishing wire. So there's fishing wire tied to the, the guys, and there's a little wheel on the back of the boom box that is spinning. So you can't, you can't see it, but it looks like it works. And they know that you're not going to open it there, and you're, you're going to just get got. And I'm just like, they got me. There's a unique shame that comes with getting scammed like that, like buying something that was never going to work. Have you ever been scammed? Have you, have you ever been bamboozled? run amok, led astray, flat out deceived. Like, it's a thing. Like, have you ever bought something that was never going to work? It's a horrible feeling. And unfortunately, with our relationship with God and following Jesus, I think sometimes we can pick up some ideas, some philosophies, some mindsets, some things that we acquired that looked good when we bought it, but then when we took it home, and tried it, it was never going to work. I think with our relationship with God, we buy some ideas, some thoughts, some theories, some things that don't actually work in real life. Give $100, and, and God's going to bless you with 10000 by Thursday. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but I just buy this vial of spring water from some stream, and you'll never be sick again. I mean, I, I, it looks good, but when you unpack it, it just, it didn't work. And as I look back, like over my young life, um, I, I think one of those ideas that I acquired or beliefs I acquired about God, I don't know who sold it to me. Maybe I sold it to myself, which is the worst way to do it, um, that, that I acquired in my life, my own like spiritual paper puppet that, I, that, that was pervasive in a lot of different areas of my life. Um, was this belief that a valley-free experience was possible. That, that if I followed God the right way, if I, if I faithed hard enough or right, if I believed the right things, then, then it was possible for me to take divine detours around all of the valleys of life. That if I followed God right, that I wouldn't have trouble in my life, that it was possible. I wouldn't have financial trouble, or career trouble, or, or, or uh, 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 health trouble, or relational trouble, that a valley-free life was possible. No one said this to me explicitly, but I found that it was this sort of tacit assumption that I had, that if I followed God correctly, then he would lead me around difficulty in my life. And I really want that to be true. If I'm honest, I want my whole life to look like Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. That's what I want. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes. He gives me all that I need. He's going to provide. He leads me beside. He makes me lie down into green pastures. Who doesn't love green pastures? Still waters, peace, restoring my soul, leading me in paths of righteousness. Like, can we just end it there? Because that's what I want. But the problem is that verse 4 exists <laughs> like it's actually there and then all of a sudden verse 4 comes into this psalm like a brick through glass and it's like even when I walk through the darkest valleys it's like wait why wait wait where how did we get here in some translations say the the valley of the shadow of death 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 <laughs> like this is intense so like the and this this verse sort of crushes my 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 belief that I want to believe that a valley-free life is possible because apparently, 
Life with the shepherd, life following Jesus includes, yes, green pastures, still waters, restoration and peace, and valleys, and dark ones. All of that is a part of life with the shepherd. And what I want to do just for the few minutes that we have this morning is look at verse 4. And I want to give us three things from this one verse that might help uh, reframe how we see and experience the valleys that are going to come in our life. So first thing I want to show you is verse 4 begins with these words. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I really wish it said if. (laughs) Even if, maybe, could happen, probably won't, but just in case, you know? No, it says when. The valleys in your life, it's not an if proposition. It's, it's when. They, they are going to come. So if you're taking notes, the, one, the first thing I want to show you is that valleys are not optional. They're inevitable. It's not an elective course. That valleys in your life are, are not optional. They are inevitable. It's, it's a when, not an if. And Jesus speaks to this in John chapter 16. And he says, in this world... You will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And we love this. I love the second half of that verse, that that we have a hope in Jesus that goes beyond our temporary circumstances, that, that, that he has overcome any situation we go through because of what he did on the cross in defeating the power of sin and death and forgiving our sins, even if we face death, he took the sting out of that, that we have a reason to hope that goes beyond this temporal space that we occupy. So the second part of the verse is true, but so is the first. Jesus says, in this life, you might have trouble. No. You do, are you alive? Do you live on earth? Then you will have trouble. He's trying to normalize the existence and the entrance of valleys into our experiences. The apostle Peter in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, I love this verse. He says, dear friends, uh, don't think, uh, he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. As if something strange were happening to you. And I have to admit, that's how I am. When I go through valleys, I'm sort of like, what is this? <laughs> what is, it's, it feels alien or foreign. But Peter's like, hey, don't be surprised. As if this is alien. This is a part of life with the shepherd. And here's the problem is that if we approach the valleys in our life like they're not supposed to be happening, that when they do happen, we have to blame somebody. If it shouldn't be, then I have to blame somebody. And if you're like me, I always, I'll typically end up blaming God or myself. God, I'm not supposed to be here. I thought you were faithful. Do you not love me? Did I, are you trying to punt? So we either blame God or we turn it in on ourselves and say, did I not believe enough? Did I not, did I not do something right? Is God trying to punt? And, and neither one of those things tends to work out well in the long run. So accepting that valleys are not optional that they're inevitable allows us to drop the shame and the blame games and just to accept that like this is a part of the experience. I don't have to be shocked when I go through the valley. So that's number one. Valleys are not optional. They are inevitable. The second part of the verse as it moves on, it says, um, even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. Why? Like this seems like the perfect time to be afraid. 
But he says, I won't be afraid because you are close beside me. And like I said, my spiritual paper puppet mentality was that like God's promise for my life would be that he would prevent me from going through them. Sort of like every time I'm, I'm about to step on the landmine, he'd be like, no, go here. Or anytime something was coming into my life, it'd be like a missile defense system where he shoots it out of the air and prevents these things from happening to me. But this part of the verse shows us that God's promise for us is, is proximity. It's not prevention. God's promise for us is not that he will keep everything bad from happening to us, but he will be close beside us in the middle of any situation that we go through. And in Psalm 139, I think David, he had experienced this in his life because we see this idea show up in other psalms and other things that he writes. But he says this in Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there too. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. That God's promise for us as Jesus followers is not that he will prevent every bad situation from coming into our life. But he promises that he will be close beside us. That when you go through valleys, God is not up on the mountain sending thoughts and prayers. Saying, hey, I see you down there. It looks tough. Uh, Gabriel, why don't you go help him out real quick? Because, you know, I'm not. No, he's right next to you. He's present. He is there. And that is his promise. I know what we want is prevention. That looks cool. But his actual promise is that he will be close he will be right there no matter what you walk through. Now, the third thing I want to show you uh, as the verse goes on is it says that his rod and his staff will protect and comfort me. And when I read this, like the comfort part makes sense. That if I'm going through an inevitable valley and God is close, that comfort, I get that. Like you'll be beside me and you'll be like, yeah, this is going to be fine. But the protection part, it, I had a question. I'm like, protect me from what the valley that we're in you know like protection would have been good before we got in here so what what how what does it look like for God to protect you when you're already in the thing that you probably would have wanted to be protected from and to answer that question I want to take us to a different story uh, in the Old Testament, one of my favorite stories in uh, the book of Daniel, chapter number three. And I think this is going to help illuminate this last piece of protection, but also this entire passage is like a perfect illustration of Psalm 23, verse number four. So I want to tell this to you real quick, and then we'll circle back. So in Daniel chapter three, uh, if, you're, if you're new to church and don't know this story, uh, there's this uh, kind of this evil king named Nebuchadnezzar who takes over uh, and, and takes God's people into captivity. And in chapter 3, he builds this 90-foot statue of gold, and he tells all the people, hey, anytime you hear the sound of the flute, the lyre, the zither, the har- I don't know what a zither is, but that's what it says, right? Neil, Bible scholar, zither. Yeah. Uh, he's like, anytime you hear that music, I want everybody everywhere to bow down and to worship the statue. So no matter what you're doing, if you're brushing your teeth, if you are washing your car, if you are doing anything, when you hear the beat, I don't know what the beat is, but in my head, I hear like a, when you hear that noise, bow down 
and worship the statue. So they put the decree out and they're like, hey, if you don't do it, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. So they do that, but these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they know who the true God is, and they're like, we are not going to do it. So anytime the music plays and everyone, everyone bows down, and they're just like, no. They, we, 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 we are not going to be able to do it. So Nebuchadnezzar hears about it. He brings them in, and he's like, hey, um, y'all are making me look bad because I promoted the three of you, and you're kind of in charge. I, I don't know if you knew this, but when you hear the sound that uh, DJ, can you uh, stop that sound? When you hear that, y'all are supposed to get down. And if you don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna burn you. And they're like, we, we, we can't do it. So I want to pick it up right there. So it says this in Daniel three verse sixteen. It says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you." If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty. I love the respect that they put on his name. That we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. So Nebuchadnezzar is heated. He's like, all right, y'all ain't going to do it. So he, he heats up the furnace seven times hotter, which doesn't make sense. If you're going to burn me anyway. I mean, he, he heats it up seven times hotter, so much so that the guards that put them in burn up. It's, it's, it's there. Read it. It's great. So it says this in verse 21. They tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell in to the roaring flames. I just want you to see this. These three boys did everything right. They were obedient to God. They, they, they didn't compromise when everyone else around them was compromising. They were obedient. They were faithful. They had integrity. And they still got thrown into the fire. Why? Because valleys are not optional. You can do the right thing. You can be faithful to God and still go through the darkest valleys because they are not optional. They are inevitable. Verse 24, but suddenly, once they throw him in, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his uh, advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. Another translation says the son of God. So here's what you see. God did not prevent them from getting tossed in. They tossed them in, and as soon as they hit the flames, Jesus was just in there with them. <laughs> because he won't necessarily prevent you from going through something, but he will be present close beside you in the middle of the hardest situation. I just want to encourage somebody, whatever you're walking through, he is right beside you. He may not keep you from it, but he's going to meet you right in the middle of it, and he's just walking around. He's close beside you. That's his promise over our lives, that his promise is proximity and not prevention. Verse 26, then Nebuchadnezzar 
came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Just a side note, whatever you're going through, you're going to come out of it. The verse says, even when I walk through the valley, whatever the this is that you're going through, this will end. As dark as it seems, you will step out of it. Verse 27, this is what I wanted to show you. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell of smoke. So, the fire had not singed them or scorched them, and they didn't even smell like smoke. And back to our question, like, what does it look like for God to protect us in the valley? And this makes me so excited. I'm just, I don't, I, if y'all aren't excited, I'm cool. Um, I feel like God, will, God protects from the effects. God protects from the effects. These boys walked around in something that should have absolutely destroyed them, permanently disfigured them, burnt them up, but somehow they came out not looking like what they went through, that they were somehow in the fire, but the fire didn't get in them. Have you ever met somebody who went through something and you're like, how could you go through that and look like this? Maybe you're that person. How can you go through that situation and still have joy? How can you go through that situation and still have peace? How can you go through that situation, that breakup, that divorce, and somehow your, your heart is still open to people? How can you go through that and, and look like this? That is what it looks like for God to protect us. He may not protect you from going into it. But when you come out of it, you'll be like, I don't understand. I've been unemployed for four months. I should be breaking down, but somehow I have peace and trust and faith in what God is going to do. That is what it looks like for God to protect us, that you'll be walking through something like I should be burning right now. I, I don't know how. They're walking around in fire. And they come out and they don't even smell or look like what they've been through. I think that is what God will do for us if we allow it, that he will protect you from the effects of what you're going through, that God's promise for us for our valleys is that they are not optional, they're inevitable, that his promise is proximity and that he protects from the effects. Now, here's what I wish I could say to you right now, like as we, as we get ready to close and as we're at the front of a new year and we've just came out of like a valley of a year, <laughs> like the whole year was a valley. Um, here's what I wish I could say. Like 2021, whoa, God's going to bless you. It's going to be blessings on blessings on blessings and you're going to be above and never beneath and you're the head and not the, t I, I want to say that and I, I, I'm believing for that for you. Like I'm believing that God's going to do some great and wonderful things in your life this year that he's going to bring blessings and goodness and man, I, I, I'm believing for that but what we know is that valleys are not optional 
And they usually don't send an RSVP, right? Like, would July be a good time for a hard issue? Yeah. Babe, we do anything in July? They, 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 they come. So my invitation for us um, as we close and as we start off our year is can we just like pre-decide how we're going to go through those times? Um, not if, because they, 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 they come in. But can we make a precision of how we're going to go through these valleys that we won't, that we'll take the Apostle Peter's advice and not be surprised as if something strange were happening to us, that we would just be able to say, all right, this is part of it. This too, of course. That we would be able to accept that these things are going to happen and we don't have to turn and ask God the questions that we like to. God, why is this happening to me? Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we follow a God in Jesus who was the best person who had the worst thing happen to him. Do we think that we're exempt? So we can approach it with a level of like, okay, this too. And can we lean on the fact that God is present with us and not necessarily look for him to, to extinguish every flame that we go through? That's my prayer. That's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for it. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to lean on his presence no matter what I'm walking through. And when we do that, I believe we, we come out of those valleys, because you will, and we come out of it and we'll be like, how do I not even, I don't understand how I still have faith after that. I don't understand how my faith and my trust in God has grown when everything would have suggested that it would get snuffed out, that God will protect you, not necessarily from it, but in the middle of it. Amen. Can we stand up? And I just want to read this verse over us again as we uh, close in prayer and get ready to respond and worship in just a moment. But if you could just close your eyes, I just want to read verses one through four over us again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And God, we just acknowledge that, uh, as you said, in this life we're going to have trouble. And I know there's so many people in this room that are going through different things. And I know that that matters to you, that you're not shrugging off our valleys like get your stuff together. This shouldn't be hard for you. God, you have compassion and empathy towards what we're walking through. So God, would you help us today to reframe how we see these valleys that we're walking through? God, would you help us to not play the shame game with ourselves and say, what did we do to bring this about? Or have you abandoned us? God, can we just, would you help us to drop that? <laughs> would you help us to be more perceptive of your presence in whatever we're walking through? God, we believe and know that you are close beside us. And Lord, we ask for a miracle in the middle of this valley. And maybe the miracle isn't that you extinguish the flames or bring us out miraculously, but maybe the real miracle is that you want to preserve us 
in the middle of it. That you want to have us exit this season of our life or the season that we'll come into. We're going to exit it with so much faith and fruit that you have built in us in that time. God, we believe you for that and we ask for that. And Lord, we we just open up our hearts now as we respond in worship and ask for you to speak to us even in this moment. Would you comfort us? And Lord, we give you our, our worship in this moment. And Lord, I just pray that anything that I said that was just my thoughts, my opinions, let it fall to the ground and let your word penetrate our hearts and encourage us this morning. God, we worship you and thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's respond in worship for just a few minutes before we close. We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com.